0: Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night Series, real time with Bill Maher.
1: Okay, we're here on overtime. Did the Saudi King slight Obama by not coming to Camp David this week? That's right. The Saudi King was supposed to show up at his Gulf Council Conclave and he snubbed us. I say good. <laughs> <laughs> I say let's break up with Saudi Arabia yep. <laughs> altogether. Why can't we do Absolutely.
0: that? Yeah. I agree with that. That's actually my biggest fear about another Jeb Bush in the White House, is that one of those pictures of a Bush just holding the Saudi prince's hand and just knowing that we are just marching straight well, into
1: something. Well, all right presidents now. have held their hands, know, whether they held their hands But
0: or you know no. what's happening right now? It's time for us to stop.
1: It is time for us to stop. <laughs> to snub those thugs. <laughs> I remember articles in the 70s when I was in college about how we have to get off the oil with the cartoon of the, of the oil pump as a herbid- yeah. Yeah. epidermic needle that we're hooked on the oil. Remember Jimmy Carter, we have to... Energy independence.
0: Uh, oh, no, no, it, no, it, but that would require regulation and government spending on infrastructure, and we can't have that.
1: No. Or, a, or a... I mean, a, an energy... T- uh, carbon tax, that would be the best thing. Right.
0: Oh, the third thing, a tax, right. We can really have
1: that. <laughs> but why don't we tax bad shit that hurts us like oil, instead of good things that, like, work. (laughs) Is that crazy? Is that a crazy idea? Mm. Pass.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, Heather, which candidate for president will have the most aggressive anti-party poverty agenda?
0: Uh, That's a very good question. So I think that... Secretary Clinton actually gets a bum rap on issues like these. I don't think that she is necessarily the most progressive when it comes to challenging corporate power, but I think when it comes to, I mean, her first job was at the Children's Defense Fund, right? When it comes to these issues of poverty, these kitchen table economic issues, I think she's got a crusader's heart on this. I actually do.
1: Well, I, I don't.
0: <laughs> Another I do.
1: I don't know about Crusaders, heart, but yes, I agree. I think I don't worry about uh, her on domestic issues with the left. I worry about her being too right on foreign policy. That's where I worry about her is that she's a kind of a hawk, mm-hmm. and I would a smattering of
2: <laughs>
1: putting green claws. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ayan, what is the status of campus debate on Islamism? Oh, wow. Yes, you, wow. No, you were disinvited. You were supposed to speak at Brandeis, right?
3: I was supposed to speak at Brandeis. And I was <laughs>
1: disinvited this year, too. Look at that. We have that in common. You've been yeah. disinvited. We're the, Come yeah. on. Don't you, you, are you are disinvited, disinvited? Charles? Disinvited. Yeah. Oh, we've all been disinvited. Yeah. Isn't that great? In fact,
2: this Mike, now... have you
1: been disinvited?
4: From America as a black
2: guy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the opposite. From know, picked us up, worked for a few hundred years <laughs> in <I'm> there. <opposite>. All right. <laughs> You're always at the top. I, I just,
5: I, I'm the opposite. I just got asked to be a commencement speaker speak. That's, there's hope you, for anybody. It's so, you are so funny because, you know, you
1: started out as, as the person that nobody wanted to be near. I got thrown
5: out every school I ever went to. You're, you're, like, <laughs> you're like Bill
1: Clinton. In the 90s, like, he was the awful guy who killed Vince Foster at a blowjob. And then as time goes by, he's like I the know. old building of the old whore. He's respectable now. I know.
5: <laughs> I'm totally right.
1: Nobody ever gets mad at anything right. I say. Anymore. You stick around
5: long enough and you're respectable. You become an insider instead yes, of an outsider. that's right.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, we should be worried about what's going on in campuses, and uh, not all campuses, um, but students need to go to college to learn how to think not what to think. Ah, if we don't give them a, a chance... a great way to say it. Yeah, thank you. Did you, know,
1: did, you go to Bre- did, did you ever get there, or did that stick? Because I shamed them into actually rescinding the ban and actually letting these people.
3: <laughs> I, I think Brandeis uh, has been punished enough. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a campus <laughs> culture. It's this whole thing about protecting minorities against what? Against <laughs> learning how to think minority students? Right. Yeah. Don't you trust minority <laughs> students right. with... It's so, pa- they, yeah. it's so patriarchal,
1: right? It, it's so patronizing. It's th-
3: patronizing, yes. and, and I, I'm more worried about that, really, than about, uh, and I'm also worried about radical Islam on campuses, but I think if students learn how to think, they'll see for themselves the difference between the ideology of Sharia versus the ideology of liberalism. And they need to be able to differentiate that when they graduate. They need well, to have that chance. What would
1: you know about it? What would I know,
3: <laughs> <laughs> what would I know about
1: it? All right. Uh, well, who was right about the Trans-Pacific Trade Partnership, Obama or Elizabeth Warren? Yes, the, the liberal fight between themselves got a little nasty yeah. this week. Uh, Obama said Elizabeth Warren was just another politician, and he called her Elizabeth... And then Sherrod Brown, the Democratic senator from Ohio, was like, hey, Obama, that's patronizing to use her first name. And Obama was like, hey, I'm not on the rag, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made that last part up. <laughs> he didn't say that. But, I mean, <laughs> but it did get it a... You to
2: paraphrase yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody understand no. this treaty? No. Uh, I mean, I, I'm in favor of free trade, but, uh, but darned if I can figure it out when I read the news stories. Right. What's in the thing? <laughs> ah, so, you, so you do read the news story. No, <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped after the first paragraph. I It is very arcane. It is yeah. a little hard to get into. But it. I am, you know, for, the one of the few things that almost all economists I know of and on the left and right agree is free trade is a win-win.
0: There's well, no such thing as free trade. Like that's just a slogan. That's like saying the death tax or something like that. Clean thinking, coal. Right, exactly. Clean coal. Um, there trade, are. Trade
2: is a. One, one, one.
0: Right, trade is great. Every we're trading all the time. We're trading barbs, you and I. It's great. <laughs> I just. Freely. It's just what. What matters is the rules and how you write them, and frankly, who gets to write the rules. And the problem has always been with our vor- version of free trade that corporations and their lobbyists get to write the rules, and it's cost. Right. American jobs every single time. And it's not made life better in the manufacturing countries where they're, you know, dying in sweatshops. It's...
1: So why do you think Obama is so for it?
0: So I actually think that there's a piece about this, about China, that is geopolitical, that is not about, you know, jobs and economics at home, but like, this is actually about showing our biggest competitor that we have relationships with these nations in its area. That's a big piece of it that he, I don't think he can sort of say and lead with, but I think that is a major piece of
1: Maybe it. Maybe he had to make this bargain to get the climate deal with China. You know, presidents do things behind closed doors we don't know. And sometimes we're glad they do. Yeah. Anyway,
0: okay. Yeah. Ross Should, like,
1: Trade means <laughs> something else in my world. <laughs> Right. So does, wa- so does water. Um, <clears throat> for John, how do you explain our obsession with celebrity? Oh, God. I don't know. When I, when I hitchhiked across the country and everybody picked
5: me up, no one asked about that. No one said to me, if I, even if they knew who I were or anything, it was so amazing.
1: Nobody wanted to talk about celebrity. That's so tr- You know, the people have a whole different set of questions yeah. in the media. The media always asked me about the guests on the show. Yeah people I run into ask me about the issues or they, they talk, talk about, about their lives
5: right. you know you which I was much more interested in hitchhiking I didn't feel like doing an interview in every car right. <laughs> I wanted to hear what they had to say right. so it was amazing to me even if they knew nobody said what's Johnny Depp like you know they right. they which in real life in New York or LA they do hey, I always want to ask you what's Johnny Depp? <laughs> actually, <laughs>
2: <have experience>. actually <laughs> people honey... ask me what Bill Maher's like yeah, you, you know uh, yeah. what do you say I say, basically... I, I, tell them, I tell them the same thing that we said to each other after our first show. Oh, yeah, when, I thought when, you were when, an when, when, asshole. When I, when I thought I you said, were you an aren't asshole. An a- you were not as much of an asshole as I thought That's you were, what, and you <laughs> said to me, and you aren't as much of an asshole as I thought. <laughs> it was, It was just love at first sight. Yeah, isn't yeah. that... <laughs> A couple of charmers. Uh,
1: Does George Stephanopoulos' donation to the Clinton Foundation compromise his journalistic integrity? I don't know if you heard this story. George Stephanopoulos gave 75 grand to the Clinton Foundation, and he had to apologize. I think this is... Preposterous! We you know. gave a million to Obama? I know, but George <laughs> Stephanopoulos was the guy in the war room yeah. with Clinton in 92. <laughs> we knew from the get-go where his yeah. politics yeah. were. Yeah. So he gives to Clinton's charity so that they fight AIDS and malaria in the third world? What, what, what? I don't get it.
2: I could, I cannot get excited about this I either.
1: can't either. It's ridiculous. It'd be one thing if we didn't know where George Stephanopoulos stood. But we knew, and we, and we somehow were okay with the fact that he's now an impartial newsman. <laughs>
0: no, but,
1: such we, well. no, but with this guy, more than most, we have to admit, we know is in the tank.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. got his start in his career working with Clinton.
1: Yeah. Okay, um, Mike, what do you say to people who link crime and violence to rap music? After I say you're stupid?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: rap music, um, hip-hop, as a entity, was started in the late 60s, early 70s. Bunch of kids were in the burnt out gutter called 60s? the South. Yeah, I'm about to Are give it to sure? you. I'm going to give you some game. Check this out. Like- I know you had like Jay and other I thought lot it was a guys. little later than that. No, no, I got you. Check me out. <laughs> There's going to be a movie comes out called Rump- Rubble Kings. So in the late 60s, all these kids that were kind of the fallout kids of the um, black nationalist movement, civil rights, poor white people's movement, Puerto Rican nationalism movement, they had street gangs in in, in New York and the Bronx that were just essentially burnt out. At some point, very late 60s, early 70s, these kids were like, we're gonna come up with our own peace treaty. Came up with their own peace treaty, Decided that we aren't going to engage in violence. Well, what's the alternative to violence? The Zulu Nation was born out of that. Africa, Bambata Cool, Hurt. Um, look, Google these. I'm telling you, it's way bigger than any of the rappers you think now, and the story is way more interesting. These kids, they were children, got together in the park, stole public electricity, which I strongly support. Um, <laughs> And decided to do park jams as an alternative to violence. So hip-hop is not rap. Hip-hop is the thing that houses rap, graffiti, breakdancing, and DJing and entrepreneurship. And what it did... Mm. What it did was give poor kids the opportunity to organize as an alternative to violence. Now, fast forward 40 years. um, It worked. A lot of money came into it. Guys bought big chains and tigers and lions and bears and shit. (laughs) And we got off course. But at our core, hip-hop every time you see a successful rapper, you're seeing a job creator in a community. Jay-Z has provided hundreds of jobs oh, and created sure. dozens of millionaires and has changed the economy in places that it wouldn't have been. Outcast in Atlanta. Personally changed the economy in the last 20 years. So I would say that people who say hip-hop is violence, I would say let's start with the real violence starters. Let's start with the three major Abrahamic religions and let's <laughs> do away with their books. Let's start with governments and geo war and politics. Let's do away with our leaders. So after we get down the violent scale of all the things that create real violence to get to music, it'll be easy to get hip-hop, because people in hip-hop want to do the same thing you do. Talk shit about politics, smoke weed, and date dope black women. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's it. That's it.
4: <laughs>
0: Stop
1: using the Google, Mike. But but but, Mike, wasn't Rapper's Delight in 1979 well, the, the first, first record rap that, record? I thought it was Carla
4: Thomas no, and Otis. Was, yeah, France. 79 was Rapper's Delight. But hip hop's birthday is November the 12th, 72 or 73. The official birthday. It's older than me. I remember the birthday because it was my daughter's birthday. Hey, Anaya, but it um. It started way before then. It just broke. People figured out how to sell it. The right. kids started it as an alternative to violence. That's what disturbed me about Baltimore. Sure. When I got, when I was on... Throw scene, your hands in the air. Not, <laughs> like Why can't we get kill. back to that, They said, it, like but they just said just in Baltimore, Crips and Bloods have united with the BGF to kill cops. But on my timeline, on my social media, I saw gang members saying we're going to be about peace. We aren't warring with each other anymore. They didn't say anything about killing cops. They, didn't say anything about killing. they It was the first time in, in my, my young life that I saw gang members say, since 1992, say, we're going to invoke our own peace treaty, and what government should have done is what we do when we go to a foreign land, get, get all the people who were rebels and sit them down together and say, let's do some truth and, uh, truth and reconciliation. Let's fix this thing from the ground up. And I think we need to start engaging hip-hop and young people in that way. And I think things will change. We'll see systemic change. You get the last word, killer. I love you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and killer Mike is because you
1: kill the mic. I kill Not the mic. because you kill. Stop okay. killing the mic. Thank you, everybody. Not Thank you, me. panel.
4: Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10. Or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.